0: Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids.
1: Hi. Hi. Hello.
0: Enjoy the show. Erica Suter is the author of How to Have a Kid and a Life, a Survival Guide. Erica Suter has over 20 years of journalism experience and is a nationally recognized voice in parenting news and parenting advice. A frequent contributor on Good Morning America and other national broadcast outlets, it's her job to speak to parents across the country to stay on top of the issues, controversies, and trends most affecting families today. Her work has appeared on The Bump, What to Expect, Cafe Mom, and Mom.com, all high-traffic parenting sites that reach millions of moms each month. Her writing has also been featured in People Magazine, Us Weekly, Essence, Cosmopolitan, Self, and WebMD. Ms. Sutera received her bachelor's degree from Georgetown University and a master's degree from Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. A native of Ann Arbor, Michigan, she currently lives in New York City with her husband Caleb and her sons. Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss how to have a kid and a life, a survival guide. Thank you. So excited to be here. (laughs) Does this mean you have survived having a kid and that you do have a life? (laughs) Well, I'm surviving right now because they're both actually in school. (laughs) I usually have at least one kid at home, you know. (laughs) So tell listeners, why did you decide to write this book? You're a People magazine reporter for a million years, interviewing all these celebrities, red carpet, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, you're writing a guidebook to how to survive being a parent. What happened Yeah.
3: Well, I was a celebrity journalist for a very long time, great job, amazing, worked at People Magazine, then Us Weekly, and once I had kids, it just didn't jive with family life. You know, I found myself, like, at the office at 2 a.m. waiting for Kim Kardashian to call back to say how she gets her body looks so great in some Emmy dress, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, my kid is going to be up in three hours I'm dying here. And it just, you know, in my 20s was like the best job ever. But once you have kids, it just became really hard. So I decided to completely switch gears. And I went into parenting and I became an editor for a site called Cafe Mom. And I just dived full on. Still used all those skills I had as a journalist, talking to people, being incredibly nosy and inquisitive and turning their stories into really amazing reads for people. But it just, it, it was a a schedule and a life that was just more conducive to being a mom.
0: I totally understand. I also liked how you said you, you just kind of had gotten over the lying that like you had interviewed some celebrity gushing about oh, a marriage yeah. and then two weeks later they got divorced <laughs> I, and you were like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I know I was like, okay, enough. Just, you know, why lie? Just don't
3: talk about him at all. Like, <laughs> Like she was talking about how amazing it was and how they just are so meant for each other. And literally two weeks after we printed the interview, she filed for divorce. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, but it was, it's, you know, celebrity life is just so different than everyday life. I think once you have kids, it really drives it home, you know, and you want to focus on other things. And I just wanted to focus on stories and articles and interacting with people
0: that I felt Contributed something bigger to the world. I loved your section though. Stars are not just like us. (laughs) You're like, they don't eat. And you're like, you don't ever want a carb, ever? (laughs) I know, I know. I was talking, I was talking to one star who's amazing and beautiful and kind.
3: And she was talking about she doesn't eat carbs, she doesn't like carbs. And I understand, like, if you just don't eat them because you want to, you know, you don't want to bulk up or bloat or whatever. But I'm like, you don't like carbs? Like (laughs) That's like, this is insane. Like I
0: live for carbs. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Life without carbs. It's like, no, I, I don't even know what I would do. I would also like <laughs> topple over from like lack of energy. If it, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> okay. Back to mothering as a, you know, content vehicle for you. So you moved over to Cafe Mom. And then at what point did you decide you had enough information and that you wanted to write your take on parenthood?
3: Well, so I was the editor of their news and entertainment section, but I also would spend a lot of times at conferences, mommy meetups. I would, you know, spend time with the curator of the mommy museum. There is a mommy museum. And and I realized, you know, and I was doing that to kind of get a better grasp of what moms wanted and needed and what life was really like for moms, because I didn't want the stories to just be surface. I really wanted to dive in. And I had, I decided to write this post on this research that came out of Rockefeller University here in New York. And it was that there was a mom, gene, an actual gene that they found in mice that determined how nurturing a person was. And their hypothesis was that like women have the same, human women have the same gene and that at certain times in your life, it's like activated, right? And it can determine basically how good of a mother you are. And I thought, wow, you know, I was fascinated by it because I was never that that girl who craved being a mom. I never played with baby dolls. I never played house. You know, my Barbies were in the Amazon having adventures. Like it was, you know, and then when I I went to college, I had roommates who were like, they couldn't wait to get married and have kids. And I thought, my God, that was like the last thing on my to-do list. And so I thought, is this mom gene the reason some of us don't crave having kids? That was actually the title of the, the post. And the reaction was amazing. There were so many women who wrote in who were like, oh my God, I don't think I have the mom gene either. I've always felt this way. And I felt weird vocalizing it. And I thought, you know, there are so many topics that we're not touching on That resonate with women. You know, we really focus, we become parents, we're so focused on the stuff. I'm gonna get this bassinet and this stroller and this car seat and wipes warmer. And we kind of like, you know, we focus so much on everything our child needs and how our life is going to change in terms of like how to take care of a baby. But we don't think about how our lives change. You know, we're so dynamic, we have so much going on, and that stuff still exists, even though we're busy moms. So I wanted to write a book about all those other changes. So the book really isn't about how to deal with cradle cap or milestones or anything like that. I spent years interviewing women all over the country to find out how their love lives change, how their relationships with other women change, what it was like for them when they went back to work, you know, what is it like when they they feel like they're burned out and they need something for themselves, you know, how do they find that? And so I put it together because it's really kind of the book I think I wanted and needed when I was a new mom and I didn't have.
0: Interesting. I loved how touched on this notion of loneliness especially during the pandemic when you know you mm-hmm. rely on your village and yet it was stripped away from us and Even not during a pandemic, even just the course of everyday life, you're suddenly plucked from whatever you were doing before and going through mattress sense or, you know, that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, and you said, there's one quote you said, you said, what is happening to moms is actually endemic of a larger problem, the epidemic of feelings of isolation and disconnection the world over. If you doubt that, consider this. The British government has appointed a minister for loneliness to deal (laughs) with the 9 million citizens who often or always feel lonely. Similarly, the U.S. insurance company Cigna conducted a research study that revealed that nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling alone or left out. I mean, that's so sad. And then you think about the moms in that, the the slice of moms in there. And then when you were at the very end of the section, you said most parenting books, magazines, and blogs offer a deceptively simple solution. Just go out and find moms, any moms. I have to caution that this is not about finding people. This is about finding the right people. So, amen to that. Yeah, that yeah. is so true.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I talked to almost every mom. I talked to expressed there are times where she feels really lonely. Mm-hmm. And what I found was what was really kind of shocking is that people who even had huge mom groups that they hung out with still felt feelings of loneliness. And one of the reasons is is that they didn't feel particularly connected to the moms they were hanging out with. So it's really not about quantity. It's about quality. And I love, I interviewed this woman, Shasta Nelson. She's a friendship expert, which I found incredibly fascinating in itself. And she says, you know, there are three basic things you need to feel connected and feel like you have a real friendship, and that's positivity consistency and vulnerability oh, I'm always I always ask for that word <laughs> and so you know do you feel like you can talk to these people that you're with and share the ups and the downs you know are they consistently there for you do you speak to them regularly whether it's texts or emails or video calls and do you, are they positive do you leave interactions with them feeling better? about yourself and feeling happy. And all of those things are really important. And a lot of women don't have those things with their female friendships, or at least not all of their female friendships. And those are really important aspects. So I wanted to write about this. So it's not just about having friends, it's about having the right friends.
0: Yeah, I feel like so often it's a product of the school you're in or the class you're taking with your kid mm-hmm. or you're thrown together by whatever your kids have in common not necessarily you. And it's fine. I mean, I've met some amazing people along my journey with all the different kids. Would would I've necessarily sought out everyone individually? No, but then you have this you also have this overlay of the bond that like you're in the trenches together and even that alone can sort of fuse you in some way for the short term
3: it really does because there's another researcher out of the university of kansas and he said that it takes 150 hours to cement a real friendship and my first reaction was like who has 150 hours to do anything like that's insane but it really isn't about like sitting down like at, at the workday and working on your friendship like it's like a task. It's, you know, taking walks, volunteering together at your kids' school. You know, I've met tons of a wonderful mom friends while I was volunteering for the school benefit or the Christmas fair at my kids' school. And over time and over the years it's cemented real friendships. And these are women I go to and I talk to about everything that's happening in my life and my ups and downs. And they're, they're very supportive and they're wonderful people, but it takes time. It's not like this. You see someone and it's this instant kinship, just because you both have kids the same age, it really does take time to develop that bond.
0: So do you feel like you've found your people now? I have found I have found my people.
3: I, I am very, very lucky that I have. but it took you know it took a few years to cement this group. There's a a group of uh, uh, six of us who uh, and all our kids aren't all friends. And I think that's also incredibly important. You know for a couple of us, our kids were in the same grade, so we were you know kind of cemented there through play dates and seeing each other at the park and things like that. But then over time, we developed our own. Bond, right, so that with our friends stop being ki- our kids stop being friends, <laughs> we would still have an we're still anchored in how we care about each other, and I think that's also really really important. So yeah, no, we actually we meet for coffee three times a week. Well, before the pandemic, three so, times a
0: week. That's amazing. Three times a week
3: wow. after drop off after drop off, and you know. Not all, you know, some stay at home, some work from home, some work in an office, and we just would like 20-minute coffee right after dropping the kids off at school, catching up, a quick laugh, and then we're off. And then during the pandemic, every night at 5 p.m., whether we were making dinner or whatever we were doing, we would Zoom. Zoom for thirty minutes, and what are you cooking? How are you? How are you staying sane? Who got on your nerves today? Like, and that really—that was just an amazing support. You know, you don't have to be in someone's physical presence to feel their support. And I really want people to kind of embrace that and make time for that.
0: That's amazing. I mean, that's like a lot. That's a lot of time to carve out. I mean, that's amazing. I'm so impressed. I just did a Zoom with my girlfriends from college this weekend, and it was like the second time I feel like I've tried to, maybe the third time i tried to ever like Zoom with my girlfriends as this particular group instead of just waiting for the next girls trip like once a year. So wow, hats off to you. That's really great.
3: Yeah, you have to be intentional, and I think that's you have to feel like you deserve the time. And and for me, I needed it. Like I needed to connect with someone who didn't live in my house during Mm -hmm. the pandemic because you know my husband and my kid were all home, and it was you know it can drive you a little nuts, right? You do need interaction with other people, and so it wasn't it didn't work every time. There's sometimes some of us were busy, but it was like that standing time. So whoever was available just logged on, and maybe you logged on to the tail end because you were busy helping your kid with homework for the first 20 minutes. But it was that we were there you know, there was someone that was there and that was important to have. That's
0: great. So what do your kids have to say about this book?
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress no glue press on manis and impress press on falsies lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress manicure and Press On falsies.
2: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally
1: for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I
3: never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Well, my four year old could
3: care less. I mean, I just stopped him from drawing on it the other day. But but my 13 year old, I mean, he's really proud. He wanted to know if he was in it. And I was like, you're in it a little bit. You know, he started reading it, and I think it was a little too boring for him, of (laughs) course, because he's 13. But I've also been very open and honest with them about what mommy needs right? And it took a while for me to develop. I wasn't, when I started off motherhood, I wasn't like, oh, well, this is what I need to survive, or this is what I know. I mean, I was clueless. And now I know that there are so many parts of my personality. Like, I'm still interested in my career. I'm still interested in my friends. I'm still interested in my hobbies, right? And we often put that on the back burner when we have kids, because kids are the top priority. And they should be at the top of your priority list, but they don't have to be the only priority. You matter too. All those interests you had are still there. They're just sometimes buried under laundry and stress and work and kids and dinners. And we have to start being intentional about making time for them. And, you know, I have like worksheets in the book about how to find that thing that you're interested in, because sometimes we also forget. We forget that we love to run or read or cook, you know, not for kids, but like maybe explore different kinds of menus. And maybe we want to pick up a hobby, whatever it is, there, there is something out there that can feed you in a way that maybe your kids and your family don't, and you deserve to make time for those things.
0: I feel like no matter how many times people told me this or how many times I read it, I still like didn't internalize it when I had like really little kids you know, like I was like, yeah, 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 I know I should do that, but you know, I can't do that because it's bath time or I can't do that because mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's so many excuses women make and you, I don't know if maybe it was just me being totally obstinate, but what, how have you found the reception? Do you feel like people listen and that they're, you know, that they're, and that they're willing not just to hear it, but like to actually act on it, internalize the advice and take the time they need? I feel like it's a challenge. I think-
3: yeah, it's, it's always a challenge. I mean, it's even a challenge for, for me many days, right? But I think people have reached a point where the burnout is just so extreme, mm-hmm. right? People feel so overwhelmed and they're so tired and they're so depleted and they're just looking for a little bit of relief. There's no like one size fits all solution to this, but in order to like kind of start relieving that burnout and that sense of overwhelm, you, you have to start working on things, right? So if you are a young mom, a mom with little kids, and you are just at your wits end because you feel like you do nothing for yourself. It's time to start doing something for yourself. And that doesn't mean like, you know, ditching your family and moving to Hawaii to to surf, but it does mean, you know, taking an online class or figuring out if you want to switch jobs or go back to work, or start volunteering, there are things, you know, these are these are like baby steps, and then it could lead to bigger changes in your life. You know, maybe, you know, you love reading, right? Start reading again, and then maybe you want to write a book. I mean, it, there is, it's not impossible. These dreams are within grasp. You just have to make time for them. And I think one of the things I ask every single woman Oh, I talk about this sense of overwhelm and finding space and time for yourself. I ask six very basic questions. One: Am I nurturing my marriage or partnership? I think a lot of people, you know, you focus on kids, but your your partnership is still really important, right? And it needs time and care too. You know, is your career, if you have a career, is it headed in a good place? You know, are you are you doing the things you need you need to do to move ahead? You know, do you have supportive friends to turn to? Like these are friends who are helpful with you with the highs and lows, not just, you know, the girls nights out. You know, do you feel good about yourself? And what does that mean to you? Is is it, you know, feeling good about yourself could mean that are you fit or are you doing something that interests you? Like that that has different meanings to different people, but really ask, do you feel good about yourself and what is it going to take to feel good about yourself? And do you nurture the interest and passions that you had before you had kids? A lot of moms (laughs) say no because they don't have time for them? And then, you know, and have you created a social life that has nothing to do with your kids? Like, of course, we meet moms through playdates and school events, but the next step is doing things with people when your kids aren't involved. And that's also really important. So those are like really the six questions I think every mom should ask herself in 2022 and, you know, actually every year. And if you say no to any of those questions, Start making little changes so that you can put yourself back on top of your to-do list because you're important.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so like what's a hobby that you force yourself to make time for because you love it, but like easily gets thrown off the list? Running running. I love
3: running. I'm not like a competitive runner. I'm not going to run a marathon. It's more like a trot. A, real, a, <laughs> a hardcore <laughs> runner would say you're trotting, you're not running, but I love it, right? And even if I can do it for 20 minutes, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel good. Um, there are lots of things that I get from it, you know? So I try to make time for it. Does it happen every day? Is it happening when it's like 15 degrees? No, <laughs> it's I not but it's something that I try to be very intentional about and and focus on. That means like, you know, my husband will get home from work and I'll be like, look, I'm just going to, I'll be 20 minutes and I'll be back, you know, or if I have one of our moms visiting, I make time for that. So that's very important. And also I've just really made a point of connecting with my girlfriends you know, and this is not every woman I know. This is just this particular group who have that same need of connection. Mm -hmm. And so those two things I, I just try to be very intentional about and I I make time for when I can. Love it.
0: So now you have the book. What else, Mm -hmm. what's coming down the pike for you? What else is going on? What do you have coming up?
3: So I still talk to moms. I still do a lot of interviewing because I I actively write. I write a lot of health pieces for WebMD. I do a lot of parenting pieces for the bump. Parents, like I'm still like immersed in the world of like health, emotional health, parenting and, you know, Right now I have a couple of assignments that I'm working on and it just, it, it just forces me to get out and interview people and just stay connected to the world because the only way you kind of know what's going on is by talking to people. I mean, that's the one amazing thing about being a journalist, like you're kind of forced to talk to people every day and you just learn something, you always learn something new from people and everyone goes through something different. Everyone is struggling with something different. So I like to just, I continue to write and stay connected and I just love it. I love being a writer. It's like the best job in the world. I love writing too.
0: (laughs) You should write, (laughs) by the way, for moms that don't have time to write. I have a Medium publication. So if you ever want to contribute.
3: I would love to. I would love to. Okay. Excellent. I love it. And moms, like, my husband's is always like, why do these moms tell you this stuff? Why (laughs) are they sharing so much with you? I said, because I'm not asking about, you know, their kids' milestones. I'm not asking really about their children, I'm asking about them and what they're experiencing, what they're worried about and what they want and what they need. And I think that it just takes asking to like, you know, really make someone feel seen and heard. And it's just, it's a wonderful thing to do, I think, for moms or women in general.
0: So what advice would you
3: have for aspiring authors? You know, I would, I honestly think write what you love, write something, write about things that you're connected to and connected with. And that will keep you energized and excited and focused, right? Yeah, I don't write about like (laughs) things that I, you know, I kind of stay in my lane. I love writing about parenting and health, and because it's something that energizes me and I don't veer off. Like sometimes people ask me to write about, you know, something wacky or some kind of like earth science topic. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's absolutely not. Uh, I can't do that. But I really think that when you find something like, it's kind of like any job, right? If you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like such a drudgery. It feels like something that you're doing that's good for yourself, but also some other people. So I really say writers should just, you know, if you can focus on something that you feel emotionally connected to.
0: Okay. Last question. And this is totally inappropriate. So you can like ignore me completely. You have like the best skin ever. What, what do you do? Like, what are you doing? Cause I need to like, buy you have the best, like your skin is just perfect. What do you, what do you what's oh. your secret? What do you do? Oh my God.
3: I am like a product junkie. I literally buy, I'll read about something and it'll be like, oh, the new the newest skin regimen, try it and I'll try it. So I have tried every single thing you can imagine out there. So it's it's that's probably what it is. I constantly change my skin regimen. I think that helps because my skin doesn't get tired of anything. It's constantly like also I have probably like a really great concealer on. So
0: oh well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need to make your own little, you know, Amazon influencer store or something, you know, where you sell all the products and people can come and just like, here's my book and here's what I do You know, to take care oh of it. Oh my life. God. I mean, honestly, you're right. I, I opened up my bathroom. Like if you
3: open up my cabinet in my bathroom, there's like 85 different products in there. And I just basically, oh, my skin's dry. I'm going to try this Kiehl's thing today. Or, or like, oh, my skin's like too oily. I'm going to try this LaMera thing today. Like I just literally try everything. I'm so and it's worried. it's like a fight
0: because I, I worry, I have all this stuff that people give me or, you know, lately I've mentioned people keep giving me wrinkle cream because I obviously have a problem, <laughs> And I, but I'm like so afraid, like, what if it like starts peeling my skin off or what if I break out? I don't know. I'm like so resistant to change with my skin. I don't know.
3: Oh no. Like, I don't know why I'm not afraid of that. Like, I'm just kind of like, if, if the promise on the box is that it's going to make me look like a, a million bucks, I'm like, oh, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll try it. But I also think I wash my face twice a day. I do use a toner and a serum and a found and a, you know and a, a moisturizer. I think too, as you get older, you like, you know, I, in my 20s, I don't think I did anything. I think I woke up and I just like <laughs> put some body lotion on my face and walked out the door. <laughs> but I'm like, like I feel like I'm fighting time now. So but my mom also, she's like 67 and she looks like she's in her 30s, like I think it's also a bit of genes. So I feel really lucky about that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> now I don't feel so bad. Well, anyway, sorry that not to, you know, undermine your intellectual contributions, but I just had to ask a kind of a girly question. Anyway. I think uh, that's super important. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. Well, Erica, it was so nice to meet you. And I guess you're in New York. So maybe I'll see you in person sometime, right? You're here. I would love it. As soon as, like, you know, I know. Omicron stops terrorizing us, I, Love to meet you in person. I haven't seen, oh my gosh, yes, I can't wait. All right, well, it was super (laughs) nice to meet you. Thank you for your time and your candid answers and everything. And hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you, bye-bye. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro
2: and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.